You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, LuchaCentral.com presents Masks, Mats, and Mayhem. Some of, some of us are a giant, shittier Jerry Flynn, apparently. Welcome to a WrestleMania edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. I'm your host, Justin Outlaw Harvey. You can find me on social media at Justin Harvey 75. You can find the entire show on social media at MMM Show 75. What? We got to start over. Why? Because I didn't do this. Oh, we can just keep going. That's <laughs> okay. fine. What is it? Everybody's you're here now. Look, Byron put up the uh. banner. That's yeah. at Byron Fever over there. I'm not at doing Byron the intro Fever. again. Did you hear my voice? How good it sounded? It was all it was, it was really good. It's you good know, every week, though. No, it's funny. I swear to God, ever since I lost my voice um, when I was working a few weeks ago, I think my voice has a little more radio voice sound. I think it's actually a little bit better. You get that raspy, cold voice that uh, Phoebe. Yeah, all like of her best my, songs with. my singing is worse, but my radio voice is better. Yeah. So we got to talk about some WrestleMania. Uh, we did not, we purposely did not include it in this week's regular MMM show. We figured uh, we'd just jump on and talk about it uh, separately this week because, you know, it is the the premier wrestling event of the year. It's the one that everyone talks about. That does not, however, mean it's the best of all yeah. of the events of the year. Sometimes WrestleMania is great just because. It gives you that feeling. People get excited about it. You you get some nostalgia from being a little kid of how big WrestleManias were. You get to see some stars made and some big things happen and your favorite performers do this, that, or the other thing. Um, this WrestleMania this year was interesting. It's the first time back in front of an audience out there in Tampa. Uh-huh. So, uh, which presents a couple of issues, not the least of which is the fact that WWE has literally not tried some of these things and characters and gimmicks in front of a crowd yet. Right. Some of these things are brand new to an audience. Uh, and you can tell, (laughs) I will also say that, um, you know, from things that I've heard, Vince has always been very particular with WrestleMania, especially about, uh, giving people some feel good moments that WrestleMania is supposed to have these WrestleMania moments that he wants the audience to leave with a good taste in their mouth and not necessarily just be about story. And he's yeah. done some things in the past to uh, bolster that, which is funny because this year it feels like night one was uh, a normal WrestleMania and night two was lost in the booking room somewhere on the way to Tampa uh, I don't know. There were uh, what KO, I think, was the only babyface win uh, on the second night at all. It was yeah. all heel, all heel action all the time. Um, though I don't I, I don't even know who's the face or the heel in the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton thing. Don't know if I care, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people were not happy that uh, Bray lost there. I don't know. Anyway. We'll, we'll we'll break it down in a minute here and talk about it, but just your your overall thoughts, Byron. I gotta give night two. I I don't know. I, I just 
I don't, the wrestling wasn't bad. I didn't necessarily dislike it, but I also didn't walk away from night two feeling like I liked anything either. Whereas from night one, I felt like I walked away feeling like, okay, this is WrestleMania. I'm ready to see what they've got for night two. We had some fun things happen and I was very happy with night one. Uh, and night two just didn't do anything for me. So I give night two like a D and I'll give uh, night one like a, a B minus. I would say, first of all, um, there is a bit of unfortunate circumstance where they were doing their first crowd show in a stadium because you're just going to kill your audience noise with that open stadium. And I, I felt like I didn't feel the crowd noise as much as you would normally feel. I felt like some of it was still piped in as right. well. On top of it, they were trying to s- supplement the crowd. Yeah. Um, Which and- is like the product itself was lacking so much. The, 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 the smaller segments were lacking so much where I was looking at the whole bigger picture. Like, uh, like how's the, you know, the crowd noise, how's the whole experience as opposed to being invested in a well, match? Well, it's been two two years since they've done a big outdoor show, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I thought, I mean, the, the promos for all the matches were great. I watched those. I enjoyed it. I And it's not like they're anything new. We, uh, If you watch the product, you probably already saw them three times over. But the matches themselves all felt like it was a good Raw to me um right okay pretty pretty much uh yeah but i would say that the biggest thing that stood out to me was when hulk hogan on the stage looked over at titus and said my brother what yeah that (laughs) happened right i didn't envision it listen brother because i think any brothers brother it was like one of those segments you lost the brothers a long time ago brother like you could brother Titus, dude, like it's part of the job. You're both wrestlers. And also you can pretend to be, he's going to definitely pretend to respect you a little bit on the show. You can sort of brother him, but you can't my brother him. Right. And you can't my brother him in Tampa where, where, you know, where you, my brother people. It's funny too. Cause well, but here's the thing. It's like Hogan's the hometown boy there. (laughs) <laughs> he got booed, I right? I didn't feel like the crowd was popping for Hogan at all. I don't I think they were like, oh, that motherfucker again from down at Jerry's car wash. Fuck that guy. Like, yeah. He did not yeah. seem like he was getting the love. He also seemed a little glazed over. Like he's got he's got a little bit of old man thing going on. Like, yeah. He well, wasn't gotta- uh he wasn't quite the Hulkster that I would have expected with Vince letting him back in the door for for a big thing like this. I yeah. I mean, Titus was really the real hype man there which oh, was amazing great yeah and he deserved all that shine Well, titus is great too but there's great and then they're standing next to a legend regardless of what you think of hogan or not right huge legend and the guy can work the stick like he can get on a mic and cut a promo and get a crowd hot like he's never had a problem with that and you know a lot of times when you get next to a legend like that you know another guy even if he's a legend in his own right which i don't titus kind of is but i mean it, it, they they shy away from it. They let the other guy have the rub, and and you know they don't yeah. over they don't outperform him. But Titus, as the host of WrestleMania, absolutely one hundred and ten percent outshone Hogan by a million miles. Yeah, he well, just I, I, he, he got up there and he let it go, man. And and Hogan just did not have any of that. 
There's there, I mean, there's a couple things to that. There's the fact that this means a lot to Titus. Say what you want about how petty he is as a person for blocking me on Twitter. Just because what, Titus blocked you? Just because I told him very vocally on online that he was ripping off Famous B in the Famous B gimmick in Lucha Underground, he blocked me, right? But we wow. can all be mature adults and look past that and go, No, this- why? You and me, Floaf, why do you guys just insult performers? I'm not insulting. I, that's a, that was, that was for, we don't have to, we don't have to dig up the past. You know what I mean? Like we both could be very mature about it. I won't say it again on the mm-hmm. podcast that he ripped off Amos B for Titus Enterprises. It was very entertaining, by mm-hmm. the way, but it was a copy. And then he could be the mature one and also unblock me on Twitter too. So that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But he has, um, there's a, there's a lot of pride in what he's doing at that WrestleMania. And I also think with Chad, Chad Gaspard's um, unfortunate passing, saving his son uh you know he was someone that everyone wanted to get the award even even though um it was already lined up for titus so like there was maybe a little bit extra on it for titus to kind of prove like oh to show like come on guys get on get on board with me this year this is my year i'm in my hometown just everything lines up this is how it was planned for a long time and i'm not gonna you know like he's already negotiating that territory that rough terrain and now hulk hogan who by the way has had i don't know double digit back surgeries per year per decade whatever like this guy can barely move if you ask me he's probably higher than rvd just to be able to walk around yeah that might that might be part of it yeah i mean hopefully as opposed to like he ain't exactly spry. Yeah, there was that thing where um, the Bellas were out there and they did the thing where they beat up uh, Bailey and blah, blah, blah. And then everyone was doing the hip dance and Hogan was grabbing his waist and going, like, I like got 30 surgeries ago. I can maybe do that. <laughs> so sad. Uh, but yeah, Ho- I mean, Hogan, there's a point of diminishing returns or, or maybe it's just another... Um, uh, the writers aren't setting him up for success. He looks like a crazy, dumb old man, to be honest with you, and he's not bigger. But maybe smarter. that's what it is. I mean, you get to a certain point where you've lived past your gimmick, and he just really actually is a crazy, dumb old man. Yeah, but Ric Flair's going out there and still doing the the thing, you know? Because but also- Ric Flair's version of crazy is naturally better than Hogan's. They're That's, just being themselves at this point in time, but the kind yeah. of crazy that Ric Flair is, yeah. you're going to like better because it's a better crazy. Yeah, unless you're one of his ex-wives, Ric Flair's His God-gifted crazy is just better. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, what it boils down to. Also, there's just, there's a certain level of respect that Hogan has in, in the uh, locker room by most of the people. Uh, it, 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 you, I, dude, you have you have to respect so, Hogan. Like whether he respects you or the rest of us or me as a black person or not, who the fuck knows? Who you know? And honestly, so I what? Think like, there's, there's you're, been you're there's the been, record producer who's successful and can make his daughter a star. You're not the son of a record producer, true. right? Listen, it's weird. It, it's weird. Like, 
it's weird to me. Like, look, we've had plenty <laughs> 45 of minutes of our WrestleMania recap, but it's so but it's worth talking about because it was a shock to me. It's like every time I see Hogan, I think back to my childhood, being a kid in the '80s, what Hogan meant, yeah, and how he transcended things before the Rock and Cena and whatever. Hogan was wrestling. Yeah. You you know, and people say it was Andre and this, that, and the other thing. It wasn't. It wasn't. Like, for my generation, for Gen Xers, who weren't already, like, deep, hardcore wrestling fans, for the, the pop culture, and that's one of the things now that is different with wrestling that people don't understand, which I'll get into in a second. But Hulk Hogan was Madonna. He was Michael Jackson. He was that yeah. big. And... There wouldn't, I wouldn't be watching wrestling if it weren't for Hulk Hogan. I yeah. would have nothing to do with the wrestling business. And honestly, the reason, even after I, I left the little kid version of wrestling, the rock and wrestling era, and, and hadn't watched in years, I came back to watching wrestling when Hogan went heel because yep. it was funny to me, not because I cared about Hulk Hogan as a person, not because, I mean, he was a fucking joke with the, thunder or whatever hit what was his tv show like his thunder in paradise was yeah. awesome i love yeah how- but i mean it wasn't awesome <laughs> because it was good it was awesome because it was five steps worse than like the hercules shows that were on he uh, syndicated crimes. television he solved crimes with a boat what if you committed a crime and stayed on land <laughs> yeah really but i'm just i mean that 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 was the whole thing is like you, you can't take certain things away from the guy, even though he's taken plenty of stuff away from himself yeah. with his weird, you know, Bubba the Love Sponge sex scenarios and his you dropping the N-word on phone conversation, whatever. It's like with just all around being a, a, a caricature of uh, an actual human being and his reality shows and this and the other thing. Really, no matter what he does, you know, it, he can't completely ruin it. It's the Benoit thing. Benoit is a horrible scumbag of a human being at the end of the day who should probably rot in a hot, fiery hell for the rest of eternity. But at the same time, whether you want to say it or not, you can't wake up tomorrow morning and say he was a bad wrestler. You can't say he didn't change the industry or have some of the hugest matches that you loved at the time, even if after the fact he became a complete shitheel in your mind. Hogan's the same thing. So when you see Hogan at a WrestleMania, you have to give it a little bit of respect. If you're one of the boys in the back, you absolutely have to give it some respect, especially if you're in the million dollar club, because you wouldn't be getting that money had there been no Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Seth Rollins made made this point uh, in a pre-WrestleMania interview in between uh, tone deaf, uh, <laughs> tone deaf uh, sound bites to rile up unintentionally <laughs> internet fans, the yeah. IWC. But he mentioned because someone asked him about his uh, the you know res- wrestling Mount Rushmore, and um, you know he had to make the choice between The Rock or Stone Cold or something. You know, only one of them could go up. There's someone else, someone else, oh, and Hulk, and Hulk Hogan had to be on there because he was looking at it like with the business. Um, if you were a fan in the eighties and nineties, if you made money wrestling in the eighties and nineties, that was from Hulk Hogan. No, and the, he's like, the, and he's like uh, regard- wrestling Mount yeah. Rushmore is Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, yeah. Ric Flair and the rock period. That is the no. There's there's no substitutions to be made. There's no better choices. You can say someone else is bigger all you want. That's it. 
the four top draws of all time that popped more crowds, made more guys, more other guys in the business, <sighs> more money that propelled it into the common psyche of popular culture. Yeah. Hogan, Ric Flair, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. American Period. wrestling. American Period. wrestling. Huh? I mean, the thing about no, the worldwide, worldwide, those names ring out in Japan. Those names ring out in Mexico. Those names ring out in Germany and Europe. Those are the four toppiest top, top guys on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling of all time. There's no argument that can take any single one of those four off the list yet. I, I could, I could do that. I could make an attempt at that. I would say Why? That, who could take one of those guys off that list. I would say, first of all, rock and stone cold are from the same, from, from the same, um, which pool. makes it even more impressive. And then the rock carried like the rock transcended, but he transcended super fast. He wasn't in the business all that long, to be honest with you. He didn't need uh, to be. And, and so I think I agree with, if you're going to take that era, uh, I think uh, you pick stone cold. Cause he's the one who launched the attitude Era. He's the one who launched a lot of launched WWE stealing ECW but rock rock has but, drawn um, more money than stone cold just barely but he has yeah but he didn't in a start. shorter amount of time yeah no no but he like yeah he transcended and then got out of the business but who would you he take took, off who who, would, who of that list would you put on for and take off one of those guys and who would so, who would trump one of those two one of I those mean, four guys i i would say i believe and maybe I'm getting it wrong, but I believe Ricky Dozen was a tremendous star back in the day and relative to today's numbers was a similar, if not bigger draw. I so would, who would you take off? So I would take Rock off and I would put him on for really? the Rushmore. Yeah, but I mean, the Rock definitely... Uh, it's not to but take for, anything but away for from global, him. For, yeah. for global brand saturation? Like TV ratings, money drawn. But if you... You're if nuts. You, well, You're nuts. Plus The Rock now can open a movie, you know, to $100 million. It, the Rock... Listen, The Rock can run... The Rock can literally... It's on the 42% of Americans would vote for rock for president tomorrow without having heard him say one thing about his political agenda. Well, that that's, that's, that's my next point. Like the rock. Yes. The rock can actually run for president and actually put himself on the, the actual Mount Rushmore. Hey everyone. It's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of luchacentral.com. Sundays on the Lucha Central Facebook page, world traveled shooter of the camera kind, Jerry Villagrana goes mano a mano with a fellow photographer to throw down about some of their favorite photos they have taken at Lucha Libre events. Monday, Business of the Business returns as Mass Republic President Kevin Kleinroth takes you inside how your favorite Lucha Libre merchandise gets made. 
On Tuesdays, Mass Mats and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Favi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. So far in a WrestleMania recap, we've talked about Hulk Hogan and Tampa. We've talked about the hosts. <laughs> That's what we've talked about so Given far. How boring is Titus? Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> See, this is why we needed you. All the charisma of a fucking wet blanket. We just have the complete opposite take. I thought that Titus was great, and Hogan felt like uh, a mere shadow of himself. Oh, no, trust me. Titus was doing all the kind of work of, like, trying to get it going, but it seemed like he was really having to try, you know? But whatever, like whatever. But that's the job. There. I mean, New Day was doing yeah. that same thing when they did. Like that's the job. You you overhype. Me was yeah. your main complaint that Hulk Hogan didn't get to talk about his opinions more on the show. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean that was that would have been fantastic. I was waiting for like Titus to just drop him. Oh, so I, I asked Justin this, but did you hear? Oh God! Did you hear Hogan say call Titus my brother? A lot, yeah. I mean, there was one specific one when he was like, my brother. Like, it sounded like he was trying oh, I to mean, be take it away, my on brother. the team. He's yeah. in Tampa. And like, to be fair, knows, like, though, Hulk Hogan behaved himself immaculately um, compared to the build-up show. Well, Talking about the Nigerian drum match. Holy shit. I mean, Lawler and JBL didn't actually say anything too bad. When they were the two car crash moments, it was everybody else. Sonia yeah. Deville came up with a few ones. I was like, oh, you're supposed to be the one person we can trust with this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kate, Kate, Kayla's like, you know, like, you know. And well, she's like, this oh, is what happens when you do a heel. Book of tea. <laughs> African gimmick. Um, I missed I miss yeah. it. Tell me what happened. 
So so Booker T was like, what do I, what's it? Oh, Booker T made reference to his color <laughs> during the talk about the night because they were talking about like the Niger. They were skirting around it and trying not to say anything about Africa or black people. But well, while still just, trying to make so, this black on black crime match and make yeah. it feel like that taboo. And Booker T was just sat there like, and he goes, what do you think I am? And says something. And it's just like, <gasps> he went there. Because he's like the only black to. guy on the panel and he's not allowed to talk about it. See, but Book Book doesn't care. Like, Yeah, and he was taking the piss out of it. Th- that's the funny thing about it. Like, Book is not racially sensitive at all. And, you know, he's gotten Harlem heat before. He's gotten <laughs> the heat thrown at him for being a black dude his entire career. And he doesn't care because yeah. he just... Book yeah. is the guy who's like, okay, if that's what we're doing today, I'll use that to get some heat and I'll get over. Was it Harlem Heat version one? They were prisoners and yeah. Colonel Parker they like, was there. It was like an ex-con gimmick or some weird thing. Yeah. Which is yeah. technically true. Because it was well, supposed I mean, to be Booker T was actually an ex-con. Yeah, but Booker T's also, he's <laughs> old school. So like, and he's always, he's always working and he's also, he knows yeah. like the, the rule in wrestling is, can I make money off of this? If I can make money yeah. off of this, then I'm actually in favor. He's of this also situation. a super humble guy. Like I was listening to yeah. uh, on Keeping It 100 this week. If you guys haven't mm. heard it, they did the, a recap of interviews I had heard before when they first ran with Booker T, and uh, he was talking about his whole like always just saying he was a top five guy thing. Like he never wanted to say he was the number one guy or even the number two guy. He would always just say I was a top five guy. But that tells you a lot about Booker T. Of like. Yes, he wants yeah. to be the best, but at the same time, he's not the guy that's there to steal anyone else's thunder or take the shine off of anyone else ever. Yeah. He just doesn't care about that. He's like, look, as long as I am one of the top guys, I don't care who else is a so, top yeah. five guy. I don't care. You're I don't still, need to disparage anybody. Well, as long as I'm getting mine, we're good. Food on the table. What we need know? to do right now is we need Byron to do his impression uh, of not a Nigerian accent, but his impression of <laughs> Apollo Creed. Bruises accent, or Justin could at least do it. Uh, I don't. I don't know bad. if I can do a good Apollo Cruz. <laughs> My name it's, is Apollo Cruz, and I don't like very this. Hard. It's like it's, fucking hell. It's very hard, but I have watched. <laughs> I have watched Black Panther thirty-four times to figure out how to speak like this. It was it. It's actually <laughs> Nina Yarashe is now a big comedian. You know, in America. Yeah, she's a British comedian. She's Nigerian, and she does a lot of impressions of her mother um, talking to her in a very strong <laughs> accent. And every time Apollo Cruz talks, that's what I—that's what it sounds like. Um, yeah, it's I, just, I see. It's here's funny. the thing about Apollo Cruz to me is that, and like I can't, like in all reality, I can't speak to how insensitive the gimmick is. Maybe because I don't know the backstory. If it, what if it was his idea? Me, it still. I don't could think be a, the gimmick is could bad. Be bad, but I really do like that. At the very least, he has a yeah, personality but- and a character and motives. And now it's like now you can at least it doesn't have to be a good opinion. But now you're going to have an opinion about him on the show, right? But the Nation of Domination didn't ham up their accents. No, I love Nation of Domination. Yeah. That's what. That's what the. Mike, see, that could be part of the heel thing. That could but, be part but, of the heel thing. But the thing, thing is, doing. the accent isn't bad. He's not doing a bad accent. It's it's well it's done. Like, like I've met many many Africans that sound 
very similar to how yeah. he sounds. I don't think he's doing a, a poor version of the accent. It's no weirder than listening to Seamus speak. Um, <laughs> but but at the same time, it's so weird that it is a heel thing because I <laughs> yeah, became powerful of his African. No, heritage. it's because part of part of it is the booking, but also part of it is just the built-in perception too that an African warrior in general has to be some type of bad gimmick thing. Right. You know, and now and, and because him a com- simply in wrestling, and honestly, they're not even doing it that tastelessly. the The gimmick itself isn't tasteless. It is. Yeah. It is what is said about the gimmick and how people think about the gimmick and how people react to the gimmick that has yeah. been tasteless. It's not the actual gimmick itself. So, what if he's even a heel? It's fine. He's an African warrior. You know, Shaka yeah. Zulu killed a whole lot of fucking people. You know, a lot of African tribesmen killed a whole lot of people, just like Alexander the Great killed a whole lot of fucking people. Genghis Khan killed a whole lot of fucking people. These are great oh, people. These are great people to, to base wrestling on because wrestling is all about, yeah. you know, killing the other guy or whatever. You know, Alexander you, the Great was a three foot tall Macedonian syphilitic midget. That's what we do. We just need to get that there. Okay. okay. That's cool. Me. I thought it was Colin Farrell with the abs and Rosario Dawson naked. And we're not, not the same midget anymore. That's me, not the same thing. You're crossing the line. But we did talk no, about he, he was a midget then. That's what they called him. Oh, <laughs> of the time. It's the wording of the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're saying midget's <laughs> like a 2000 year old word. I don't know about that. It's from the Latin. Yeah, it's from the Latin. Go to Egypt. They have midgets scratched on the walls in Egypt. It's oh it's, it's yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not but, small drawings. It's- but we talked about we did talk about this with Apollo Cruz, which is which is uh, and other gimmicks too, like when Juice Robinson was in NXT and he was an environmentalist, but that made up a heel, which is fucked up or messed but up. Daniel Bryan. And Chris- same with Daniel Bryant when he Daniel did the, uh, the but, all natural hemp belt that made see, him a bad guy. That trait. Those are personality traits, and like the Nigerian thing, being proud of your heritage should be Apollo Cruz's personality that is baseline that follows him through the face and heel turns of the career moving forward. There should be things that he does which are heel. So, like if he does things without integrity, if he goes, I am a big warrior and I am gonna prove how strong I am you know using my heritage to uplift me and to motivate me and he goes and then he has a heater cheat and help him win that's a heel move and you boo him for that you don't boo him because he announces who he is well let's you know? t- let, let's talk about well, the actual match that he has with big uh, e now how do you feel about the actual match because i thought for the second night that was probably one of the best things yeah which is not Biggie, Biggie to me is great, but also just so interesting, right? So he's come to the ring and he was a bit, he did that. He did it up the day before, but he was focused and subdued coming to the ring. And to me, that made me draw attention to him a little bit more. What's he doing? Oh, this well, means a lot. It's, this is it's the cross thing to me. It's like when cross is yelling and frothing at the mouth, I don't like him as much as when he's cold and calculated um, and I have to say the same for Big E. Like, if we're going to send Big E into Hoss fights and expect him to be this man, like, I get it. We know that he's a fun, funny, outgoing, personable guy. But at the same time, you want me to get behind the fact that that fun, funny, 
personable guy can turn a corner and snap on you and fuck you up, then yeah. you got to give me more moments where he is that serious thing where he comes to the ring and does business on somebody and takes no shit. Like I need to see that clear line where the character shifts and he snaps Complete and he looks opposites. at somebody like motherfucker. What I he need, needs- I need more of that motherfucker. What moments from big E he needs his five gimmick back. Where we're like the bash is it the Bastion Booger or King Kong King Kong Bundy? Because he would in NXT he was that top guy for a minute and he was pinning fools for a five count. Right. Yeah. So, but so the Nigerian drum fight. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I know. thought it would be actual drumming going on. I honestly admit I actually thought it was going to be like a circle drum. But or that's something. the thing too. Like if this was Lucha Underground. <laughs> It's not yeah. racist when they have like a day of the dead procession come out. Like they should have hired an African drum group. I'm sure there's at yeah. least one in Florida. If not, I could have sent them one from Cleveland or Detroit or Atlanta. Like get an actual African drum group out there, put on a big spectacle of them marching out to the ring with the drums and everything, set the drums around the ring. Like it's a tribal ceremony yeah. happening. If we're going to play this game, like I, I, fully expected that to be what happened with this being WrestleMania, that there was going to be a procession and, and a moment. Even if they were on the stage, they walked past them and stuff. Yeah. And it it turned into just a kendo stick match. And there, no, 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 there were some, I liked that part of it. In white and uh, green, the Nigerian colors placed around the ring. But, well, uh, I, I you know, know, but that, Big that, that, E was also wearing African colors too, which made it worse. Like yeah. he should have not done that. I don't know. Or maybe he was the, dressing up to be a warrior in the fight too. What what was going on there? Uh, Go ahead, Byron. That, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just also like it's where that's where it gets the storytelling and you know there's other aspects too but the storytelling gets muddied up if you're like you should have an opinion because of this guy's background that he's claiming it's like well you know other performers can have that too like the defining trait of whether or not you're gonna boo apollo cruz should be how he's behaving in his actions not i know they just this was so easy and and they were they yeah. weren't far off it just needed the the promo apollo in my country, we we stand in front of the elders and we fight. And we will fight yeah. like men until there is one victory. And then bring out the fucking drummers, circle the fucking ring in it, have these guys do a semi-hardcore match. And then somehow Apollo wins, even if he heals out and he's a total whatever. And then you're done. Like, it was so simple. It was right there. They were right on the cusp of it. I'm still happy Apollo won. I like that he won. The other thing as well is that I find really confusing because I know it's, I believe it's Senegalese, so it's different altogether. Which used to be, which used to be Zaire. Um, Basically, a Jembe. Because that's actually got a nice, cool Mm. stick and you could have, you could have won with hitting him with a fucking stick. They had that giant ass symbol that Biggie picked up for a minute and then set back down. <laughs> that could have. But I mean, so who was who was the running on that? That guy looked familiar, but I didn't. And he's also he a giant. Is the Polish guy. Um, that guy's what? Boca, no, he's not Bocatano, no, da, but it's da, like da, that. Isn't da, it? da, yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, great. That guy's huge. But they pretended they didn't know who he was. Despite him, uh, his is 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 like a uh, football player or something. Yeah, he was just uh, Robert, uh, Robert uh, Sunday for a minute. Yeah, 
Yeah. He he was uh that's a good move. That's a good move because that's gonna actually heal out Apollo Cruz because But I believe I believe the funny thing is he's actually not African either. He's like German he's Polish. or Polish or something. You're Polish, right? Yeah, Hold he's on, born in Poland, but obviously of, yeah, like you know yeah. African descent. Um, I think I mean, Baba Tunde Ayabusike. Um, I mean, they're all actors, but you know, as long as they're not being—I don't know—it's wrestling. I was going to say as long as they're not being disrespectful, but it's wrestling. So apparently, he's going to be wrestling under the the ring name Commander yeah. Aziz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why don't we just call him Idi Amin and get it over with? Yeah. Okay, Jesus so, Christ, WWE. What it, the fuck? This reminds me of that one hacksaw match on Saturday night where uh where Tony I you know we're gonna end up with said uh hacksaw, you know, graduated from this college, and then for the rest oh. of the entire match, Bobby Heenan laughed at the idea of hacksaw actually having a college degree, like straight up through the pinfall, just kept laughing. And that's all I can do now like, for this guy. Dude, this is this is not Vince McMahon. It's not even just like racist. This isn't a racist against black th- people thing. This is Vince sitting in the back going, oh, people hate foreigners. Ah, oh, just make him from another country. He'll be a bad guy. That's it. That's all it takes for Vince. He's like that simple when it comes to this shit. This is but Iron Sheik all over him. Yeah. This is like well, making possible. Sergeant Slaughter help the terrorist thing. In Vince's mind, that's still the biggest heel turn ever. Like, oh, oh the American heroes helping the bad guys from the other country. Wow. That's yeah, but they named, they named Hassan, him. He was Italian. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They named... <laughs> He's got a they named, Yeah, but they named this guy <laughs> who's supposed to be this powerful, you know, monster, giant, you know, type of a figure, African figure, you know, with military vibes, like, you know, supposed to be a powerful presence. And they named him after a five-foot-tall little Indian kid from Parks and Rec. Yeah, as he's anyway, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go back to let's talk about night one. <laughs> let's ah, talk about the so, good night. But hey, the action was good. I thought, I mean, I thought the match could have been a little bit longer. You, and I let's thought, go backwards. Like, let's, uh, let's, let's book our own. Oh, WrestleMania we haven't done here. night one yet. Yeah, yeah let's, let's good. actually finish. No, let's finish night two because night two f- sucked to me. Night two, yeah. like, I, I, me, if I gave night two a, a D. And I gave night one a B minus. I mean, the only D I'd be giving, I'm not, I can't finish that. Sentence. Oh, um, oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, even the music performance at the second night was oh. horrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's talk about this Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss versus uh, Bray Wyatt three way match because that's kind of what it was here because we don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm going to say this I liked it. Yeah, I, I, it was I, weird. I, it it didn't make any sense. There was a lot of people. I like him upset. getting his thing back. You know, the walking wow. down that chamber thing. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, Bray is definitely doing a cool thing, and he's operating on the next level. And also, he is maximizing to borrow a term from Jib Ross his minutes. So he's not around all the time, but every time he's around, it's it a matters. spectacle. It does. 
Yeah. And, and, and they weren't doing that with Brave for a while. Like right after his little uh, Wyatt family thing broke up, they were using him constantly, just all the time. And then they tried to bring some of the Wyatt family back. And it was just like, and he was doing mid-card jobber matches. Yeah. This is one of the things where it's like WWE fucks up so much where they get a guy, they make him a top guy. Like we were talking about with Finn Balor the other day. And then somehow they still put him back into wallowing in the the mid-card and weird stuff. So this is a way better Bray. And look, I just like all three of these performers. I like yeah. Alexa. I like Randy. I like Bray. If they just... And and honestly, I feel like the three of them, them they don't even get the gimmick. They don't even have a clue what's going <laughs> on. I don't think that anyone does. But those three are so money. They're just like, write us whatever. We'll go out there and make something out of it. And, I think and Alexa's selling the freaking crap dripping into her eyes and stuff. She did not give a fuck. She was like, this is WrestleMania. I don't care if they drip toxic squidding directly into my eyes. I am selling the shit out of this no matter what. And she yeah. did. And you know she I mean, went backstage and she was like, you know? ah, fuck this place. Yeah. <laughs> that, that looked miserable. She's doing yeah. great. She's But another thing to this mm -hmm. whole program is – how many bumps are is anyone in this program taking? No, it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, these are people who like this, and, is and you know that this smart. is part of the appeal because otherwise, if you told Randy Orton that his opponent was going to no sell him six times in a match, he would be like, "The fuck, I'm not doing that match." But then you tell him it's this thing where no one really has to bump; it's half in the dark, no one can see if you're working sloppy or lazy, <laughs> and you Have know you, you get to work with Alexa Bliss and this, that, and the other thing. Randy's just like, "Okay, he can no sell whatever the fuck he wants. I'll, I'll diamond cutter him like 50 million times. Diamond cutter, yeah, <laughs> diamond seen, um, cutter from nowhere." The interview with Stone Cold. What? No, and, no I haven't. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. You got to watch it. Wait, okay. wait, who is Randy's? Randy's, yeah, he does a broken school. Um, yeah, with he, oh. he was the Austin. It's fantastic. Oh, nice. Maybe I'll listen to that instead of working on our show today. Um, yeah, fuck it. No, no, don't. No, listen to our show. <laughs> Get this shit done, Byron. I got All right. It. Anyway, yeah. that that match was kind of fun. Um, no, now you want to talk about something that's not fun? Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia and Tamina. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why was this not on? <laughs> uh, uh, the pre-show of the pre-show. Hey, to me, they got two matches at WrestleMania this year. I got, I, I got so mad. I, I was lighting up the DM at like two in the morning about it. I love Shayna Baszler I was too, asleep. but I feel so bad for her because she, Shayna Baszler literally had to go to WrestleMania with my three least favorite female performers in WWE. Yep. Which I just and and, and Natalia is, and it's not that she's not good but I, i'm over it with her I, they have not yeah. done anything with natalia to make me care oh, about her on night one did you like the line where it was like to get out of their father's like and family's shadows and it's like literally doing all their moves yeah i just so, it's like yeah jesus yeah. fucking christ so, I, I, I mean i get that natty's that. over in the back and she does have a legacy and i respect that but at the same time Wrestling I mean, is supposed to be for my entertainment. And if they yeah. can't find, if they respect Natalia so much, they have to find a way for her to entertain me. That's yeah, their job. Them. She does I, not entertain difficult. me. As far as the match goes. She about Teddy all, Hart come out and help me. Oh, <laughs> as far as the match goes, I think all the parts where it was Shayna You're and You're actually Natty, talking about the match? Fuck I would the match. Say, Jesus Christ, I would say 
the only the Natty and Shayna parts were even like decent. And that was very, very far in between. Like I remember the finish when Shayna put the choke on her and, and Natty tapped out or, or went to sleep. I thought that was a good part of the match. Oh, thank God. I can't uh, believe you even remember any of it. I, but, I, I'm uh, I just I remember thinking like, Byron, what? Leave what it. if? No. Here's here's the deal. Like, I, it's just why were I, you I, thinking I, at all during this match? You should have been up making some cheddar cheese popcorn or some shit I don't from scratch. Like, fuck yeah, this match. I was so, asleep. I, I was, watched it when I got up. So I was, <laughs> I was like, so, fuck this. It was so this, bad. I was like, no. Nah. This match was going on, and I was thinking, okay, so months in advance, someone's in an office, there's, and they're working out the advertising rates, and they're, and they're like, okay, Snickers is on board, and they're giving us this amount of money. I wonder if we could tell them that we're going to have Tamina wrestle twice if they'll give us more money. Oh, my God. Hey, look. It's the I mean, biggest. She might eat a lot of Snickers. Oh no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. All like I can do is it. give her Snickers as in actual laughs because But here's the deal. WrestleMania is not the biggest wrestling Didn't I Jack's show have a camel of the toe? Year. That's the, the big question. It's or WrestleMania. It WrestleMania is meant to eclipse the Super Bowl as the biggest entertainment spectacle. And that's that's the standard they're trying to it's, get to. That's not, it hasn't it been anywhere close in in But that's what ages. they're But I'm just saying this is what they're trying to do and they're trying to have a thing, you know, when we can yes, have people Yes, it is the Super the course, Bowl of wrestling. Over the course of a week, they're attaining to like they want to be they want to beat like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but here's the uh, thing about the Super Bowl. Here's the thing about the Super but that's, Bowl. That that's, not even my, that's not even my point, though. So they're like, they're, they're going after that bar. Yes. And, and their attempt to do that, they're having Tamina wrestle twice. Right, but this is show. but this is the whole point. No, it's not just the Tamina thing because if Tamina's the top performer or she's drawing ad dollars or whatever she's doing for them, great, put her on the show. Here's the difference between the NFL with the Super Bowl and the WWE. We had four nights of of top events this week. Actually, six because they turned raw into almost a pre-show um smackdown was for sure the wrestlemania pre-show was smackdown because the andre the giant battle memorial battle royal was on it which is a wrestlemania Mm -hmm. thing here's the problem they're spreading it out too much now and i get it to a certain extent and you want to get people on but if you look at the super bowl at the core of the Super Bowl, in the middle, the part that everyone cares about the most, even when they're shitty games, is still the actual two hours of football. football. <laughs> and that is still the focus. Yes, there's a whole day of stuff leading up to it. But that stuff is clearly lead up, whereas they have this event spread out where it doesn't feel like it's leading to anything. And in fact, night one felt bigger and better than night two. It didn't have a ramp up. It didn't lead to the moment where they say, hey, guys, by the way, what we're celebrating is the fact that we are the biggest and best wrestling company in the world. When you get to the actual Super Bowl game, you know, like, hey, everybody in the world, these guys, for whatever reason, are the best football players from this year, and they're doing battle right now for you. WrestleMania yeah. never felt like that at any point in time, except maybe the night one main event. 
which we'll get to in a second. Now, let me get through the rest of this, Byron. Sammy Zayn. I'm not even interrupting you. Like, you Kevin guys Owens, I know, I know, I but talk. you got me fired so up because cool. you talked about Tamina for more than 34 seconds. Because. Uh, no, I don't because me. Sammy Zayn took on Kevin Owens. Logan Paul was at ringside. Uh, not a bad match. I don't know if anyone cares. And uh, like we said before, KO was really the only babyface win. And then the uh, stunner on on Logan Paul was great, too, even though he did a face turn. Um, I think that everybody there was like, yeah, social media guy. This was smart wrestling booking of like, hey, Logan, thanks for coming out. You do have a lot of fans. We want to pop your fans. But at the same time, it's also uh, it would be a cheese dick move for some social media kid not to get fucked up at the end by the real baby face here because half of our fans are going to think you suck no matter what you do. So Because <laughs> he does suck. Uh, lo- yeah, Logan Paul sucks. I didn't give a fuck about him. Uh, but yeah, but I dude, I mean, he's got was, a lot of followers in there. Was, there are kids who know him. So there, This was, uh, I think, a dual baby face match. I think Sammy, it, it, his heel stick is endlessly entertaining and his music is face music. That's why it was everyone's saying his music and that was cool to hear the promo for this was fantastic i love the i just i love all the documentary shtick that sammy is doing i think that's great kevin didn't have to do anything which is awesome i i'm but i they definitely held back on the match because Look, at, the, at the end could. of the day it was it was really two guys who are genuinely friends that got to go out and work together on the biggest show of the year. They made something out of a very small amount of TV time. Um, They did it. They did it. Well, these guys have always done this stuff. Well, Um, it's a shame to see Kev KO kind of back way down the lower mid card these days because he's been a top guy, but you know, that's part of the business too. You like, you can't always be a top guy. Uh, in, in a show, in a company that has, you know, 10 hours of TV a week, it's impossible. Um, but it's fine. I, I think they made the best of it and it was enjoyable. All right. I'll tell you what was not enjoyable, even though it had some really great moments. Uh, Riddle versus Sheamus. Wow. There was, oh, oh what was, really good was when, um, the slow motion of Riddle doing the moonsault yeah. and you can see him staring at Sheamus. He's like, right, he's going to kick me. And then Seamus just fucking pump kicks him straight under the chin. Yeah. <laughs> and knocks his fucking head clean off. Yeah. And it well, was funny was too because spot. they were trying to, they were trying the first time they showed the replay, they did the speed up thing. So you don't see the, uh, the softness of the moment of impact. And then when they realized that there was no softness on the moment of impact, they slowed yeah. it down and showed you for real. Cause yeah. like, look, if, if, if Riddle's going to take the shot might as well, but that wasn't, uh, Seamus's only botch. The, the top rope spot, they, um, wherever he does his weird drop thing. Yeah. Botch that where it looked like Riddle was set up perfectly for him. Riddle actually wrestled great. And Seamus was kind of shit. And um, I don't dislike Seamus and he's been looking good recently, but uh, this was not his finest moment. Um, it's probably a reason for him being that yeah. way. Well, mean, he's got the title now. This, this was his big push, his big push to regain a belt. He's had what four times before this now. Yeah, you know, way to make the U.S. title not mean anything when uh, Riddle had finally just kind of made it feel like it was interesting. So who cares? Um, I I wouldn't say it's a botch if the finish is stiff because it's it was supposed to be. I thought it looked great. 
But I, you know, I didn't really give a shit about anything of, of the match. So Rhea Ripley uh, <sighs> taking the title here. I, I didn't really like this match. I felt like they were trying to work Japanese strong style and it didn't work. I don't know. I, I expected more from this it. match. And and, it, and, it, and this just felt like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe this. This, this felt like, you know, this felt like when WWE was bridging out of the divas thing with Beth Phoenix, like it was still a divas match, but then they worked in some strong moves. This felt like that from two performers that I know are better than that. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Um, lot of you know walking around on the ring floor and the apron and just kind of throwing forearms and and weird stuff and i i get that they wanted them to look like bruisers especially because that's kind of reyes thing but um reyes your champ now <laughs> yeah i mean i like them i like the match all right i mean it definitely could have been more but it was also putting Rhea over but and she's a heel or something but i think most of the champs are heels now, but I think there's some feel good heel champs, which kind of blur that she's one of them. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty good. I wasn't sure if they were kind of going into business for themselves against each other at the beginning or what. Um, I don't know. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as night one. No, not at all. Which, I mean, I think that's all I have to Speaking say about. Speaking of which, we're almost there. Main event. Oh, I forgot this. Yeah. Ba- uh, well, Bailey uh, got rolled by the Bella Twins, literally before. But all right, main event. Um, this was the correct booking. First of all, let me say that, like. You're not supposed to like this match. But that makes it so weird because this is the match that I feel like you had to have, but this would have been better on a SummerSlam than a WrestleMania. It's just, but where they're at right now in the storyline for Roman's thing, this really was the only option. But this is also why I didn't want them to put Daniel Bryan into this match in the first place. I would have liked to have basically seen almost the same ending and the same stuff happen just only with Edge. I, I just yeah. I, I didn't feel like DB needed to be there. I would have liked better the idea of, you know, night one being Edge versus Roman and then night two being Daniel Bryan versus the winner of Edge versus Roman or something. I don't know. It just was weird the way it worked out. But I, I think with the storyline that they wrote themselves into, this was it. This is what you get. Um, the match was okay. You know, Edge, I thought, was the best thing in the match, not Daniel Bryan. I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? No, but you, but you and me never get Daniel Bryan like everybody else does. So. No, I get it. I just don't care but i also wasn't there for his big run firsthand like i've gone back and watched a lot of it and i see why there was greatness to daniel bryant but also um he's past it now but he's not far enough past it like edge is for me to really really care that he wants it back do you know what i'm saying like he he wasn't retired enough being out for two what was it two and a half three years yeah 
I, I, but he was still around that whole time. He was still a WWE personality for half of that time that he was out. He was so it doesn't, fe- it doesn't feel like he was gone. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, no, I disagree. He he did the speech. He was taken from us. His career was taken from him. <laughs> yeah, you know? calm down, Right, no. but then, but then a year later, he was back on WWE TV. He was working for WWE in various capacities and publicly. Yeah. So you yeah, didn't lose said- him as a character. And and to me, wrestling isn't just about being able to get in the ring and perform. And in fact, they make it too much about that when it should be more about characters and storylines. Look, the storyline with the Roman thing is working. It was the first time to have heel Roman in front of an audience. Clearly, he's a heel. The audience gave it to him. They booed the shit out of him. They did not like it. Um, I just hope it was good heel heat and not like, you know, bad heel heat of we never want to see this gimmick again. No, it seemed, seemed like good heel heat because I think a lot yeah. of people actually like the fact that he's um, you yeah, know, one of the best yeah. and, and that, got that's some the, character to him. That's the talk about that gets that gets goes into the talk about how there's all these heel champs in night two is heel dominated. But it's it's like it's kayfabe. Like people are enjoy- people want to boo Roman Reigns, right? Doing his thing. But so see, here's that- the th- with the heel ending. I I like a heel ending for a WrestleMania. I don't have any problem with that. But if you think about a regular WrestleMania year, what you would have had was a match before, or at least one before that. You would have had a big face win. You would have at least been going into that moment pumped up, but you're on this whole second night where at no point in time during the second night, are you that pumped up? Like if you had had that women's, if you had had the women's match from night one, be right before this match, the whole WrestleMania would have felt better. Uh It would have overshadowed the women, which would have sucked. But at the same time, that was the traditional way that it was booked. You'd get the big, if you were going to have a heel top card, moment in a WrestleMania, normally you had the big intercontinental champ victory right before that or something else. Vince was always very good about that. And by the way, I think that's the reason why he didn't do the Shad Gaspar thing. I think that for Vince, it purely came down to the business decision of one of these things is a feel good thing. The other one of these things is just going to make people feel bad. And it's not that we don't feel for this guy and his family, but I think he's looking at it from a business standpoint of it's a really sad, tragic moment that that guy lost yeah. his life trying to save his kid. And it was no, too heavy. Good, it was really too heavy me. in his mind to be on yeah. this particular WrestleMania when we're coming out of a pandemic, when, we're, when everyone is looking for an escapist moment in life and not to be brought back down to reality. Well, t- there uh, the plans are already set for Titus and Titus had specific times. plans. Don't mean shit. Switch it easily. Or Vince uh, could have added something. Vince ain't afraid to change the rules. If it makes sense. I don't know. I, I don't think, think he would have ever. Up. They just yeah. couldn't announce it because of COVID. And then because they were waiting, you know, something they didn't expect to happen happened. But yeah, overall, like, the right ending to the right match, but maybe it should have headlined night one or something else. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know that this was the way to leave this WrestleMania in this order on night two with this being the finish that they knew was coming. I like, it felt it. like the I entire think- week went down. Mm. It's, you know, I don't think, yeah. NXT, I think NXT <laughs> night one and two were really close, but like yeah. it just then went, you know, WrestleMania wasn't as good as NXT, I'd say. And I, I, think, I think this Roman Reigns, 
I think this Roman Reigns is is the future, is like the flag bearer of WWE. And this is yeah. this is them putting him over and strapping the rocket to him in a way that is organically working for him. I thought all yeah, oh, Heyman. The point is did, the show's not built correctly is what Justin's well, yeah, the show wasn't that. built. Yeah, but I th- yeah. like I loved all of it. I loved how Paul Heyman was doing his thing, but letting everyone else shine. And Paul it, has like, gotten less like greedy in way, his old age. On on the way to the <laughs> ring, like I saw him like, you know, do a look at Jay, who's like walking down to the ring as if he just he dipped his head in a bowl of cocaine. I'm like, this guy, what's this? You know, this is such a great dynamic because he's overhyped. Roman is underhyped walking to the ring, you know, and Heyman is just trying to like keep us cool and like you know, hope that you but know, the three nothing. of them, Heyman, Jay, and Roman, are the best faction in wrestling right now. Even with it all the great. factions going on in AEW and New Japan and Mexico, like literally, those three are probably the best faction in wrestling right now. They're great. They have their they have their clearly defined lanes. Also, that's why because they yeah. actually have roles that play into the storylines and the matches that makes sense that wrestling fans understand that are driving the story and the action, please, dear God, if AEW, if anyone at AEW watches anything about WWE (laughs) talent levels aside, because Jay Roman and Heyman are world-class top tier wrestling talents, but talent aside, AEW has plenty of talent that is at that same level. Please watch this storyline and how these characters play out and do something like that on AEW and be willing to stick through it consistently like WWE is, even through WrestleMania when you know it's going to give you a down ending. (laughs) Stick with the damn story. Yeah. I mean, I still, uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think Roman winning with the gimmick that feels best on him. You're booing him, but you're kayfabe booing him. I hope so too. I, I that's so. but it did it did still but Mifa's right like it felt like the week went down and not up. yeah but uh, there's ways to build and get, make sure everything works out perfectly fine yeah but I also think part of that is the fact that everyone knew that Roman has to win he just yeah. had to win and that made it that made the whole thing tricky because you can't keep the audience excited yeah when the audience knows what the finish is going to be that's also there was no surprise that's part of his head of the table thing like withholding unless you were one of the four people that really thought edge should win like the second they picked edge to be in that program and not the mcintyre one you know but anyway let's go back to night one because that i I, I do want to say real quick for jay uso super awesome Byron, you don't do anything real quick, but you can say it anyway. Who would have thought? Well, maybe I would if I wasn't constantly interrupted. But Jey Uso, super stoked for him to actually... But isn't it the gimmick to constantly interrupt you, Byron? Isn't that part of the show? That Jey Uso (laughs) would never be working a WrestleMania main event. And he wasn't on the card. But he worked. Well, he was clearly in the match. It was a tag match. match. And I, I, I'm so stoked for him because those. The Usos are awesome, and this is working great. And you know, I, I'm just very happy for Jay Uso. I thought he did fucking fantastic. All right, so let's go to night one. Let's go to night one. First, we get the kickoff with Vince McMahon. Um, actually, let's do this, Byron. Let's throw in a break right here. Let's take a quick break and come right back. What are we going to put in the break? I don't know. Stuff. 
Lucha-masks.com, in partnership with Mass Republic, give you personal protective masks to keep you Lucha strong in the fight versus COVID-19. With world-class luchadors Blue Demon Jr., the Lucha Brothers, L.A. Park, Ultimo Dragon, Kane Velasquez, Conan, and so much more. Head to lucha-masks.com and you too can become a masked warrior. Lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Again, we're back. So, <laughs> um, night one kicks off with Vince McMahon uh, doing the big, Welcome to WrestleMania! Um, this... This was uh, fun. I like seeing everybody out there. It actually got me excited for a moment. And and Vince welcoming back the crowd and whatnot. And uh, like, welcome to this super potential super spreader event. And hopefully not. But ever know. I don't even well, know no where COVID's fucking mask in the crowd. So. I, I don't know where COVID's at these days. I know that Michigan is like underwater in COVID. All of a sudden, they have like the highest rate that they've had during the entire pandemic in Michigan right now. Like yeah. everybody in Michigan has COVID. I think Florida isn't that far behind because all the young kids went out and uh, they're all getting it now and spreading it around. However, the death rates are down because they're not old people. So I don't know what to think. I have no personal or political opinion on COVID at this point in time. Uh, well, I do. I, I do believe that, uh, I do believe that Vince is at least doing the right thing and saying like, Hey, if you're out here and you're coming, thank you so much for coming back yeah. to wrestling after all this time. And we're going to put on a show for you. Like kudos to that part of it, whether or not it was a smart business decision or not, at least, at least thank the damn people who came. Um, yeah. I think if you're going to WrestleMania, why bother? Why bother with a mask in a crowd? Like you're not, you're obviously not going there to be careful, you know? So why dilute? It's, it's, and you've talked about this, Justin, like don't, don't half-ass your opinion or who you are about something. You're going to WrestleMania, go there. You're already committed to it. Just go and enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. You're taking your risk. After that, just go and take your, yeah, but look, I mean, the reality is the death rates were really, really high with the older people. The older people have been vaccinated for the most part, and now those death rates are dropping off because they were the ones that are dying. There are a lot, a lot of 30-something-year-old people that I know who get COVID, they're really sick for a week, and then they're absolutely fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, do know one, I do know one person in their 30s who died from it. And I, but I also know maybe two or 300 in their 30s and 40s who got it and were absolutely fine within a week. Yeah. I mean, so the that's, problem that's, is, the, that's just the honest reality. Long term effects. That's the reality. Okay, okay, and I'm not disputing that either. And also, problems and, I'm not disputing that either. I'm saying oh, I don't have to do that. Where they are. If you're going to be a are, dick, go and do but, it. But what I mean is, is I'm talking about people who can't. Facts are facts. And you can't argue with a person who says, I'm willing to take my chances with just being sick for a week. You can't argue those facts anymore. They're, those are facts. I'm not saying it's not risky. I'm not saying it's not a threat to other people involved, but they're also not wrong. There's there's right there's right answers on both sides of the equation, especially at this point where the older population that was really, really being threatened is almost as thoroughly vaccinated as we could possibly get them. There's also the uh, the idea of variants and that people who do kind that of mess a, around and that's a big deal. in circulation. Yep. That's what's happening in England. In circulation. 
Yeah. See, well, that's, and this is why that younger population needs to be more careful because they're the population that will make the virus mutate. Yeah. It's like, okay, just because you're going to survive doesn't necessarily mean you could should do it because the more it gets spread around in these younger generations, the more that virus is going to try to find a way to kick all of our asses again a different way. And then all these vaccines aren't going to mean shit. Anyway, yeah. I want to talk about night one because I love BB Rexa. I, I liked her performance. I, I like her in general. I, it's not my type of music normally. It's not really my thing, but I think she does it really, really well. And I think she was a great choice. Whoever that was doing the country thing the next night, wow, not okay. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> I don't like either of these forms of music, but the performances and the level of talent between night one and night two, vastly different. And I do not even know who she is. BB Rexa, she had a <laughs> hit song a couple of years ago that was that was really good, and she's you know whatever. Uh, but anyway. I thought she was, uh, I thought that was decent. Now let's talk about this match. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Most people thought that Drew McIntyre was going to get his moment, uh, that he was the face going into this. However, with Lashley winning, um, with, with Drew going out, I like that too. I think that protects Drew a little bit, but at the same time also makes uh, Lashley just look like the monster that he should look like. Now I feel like WWE has its first legit like heavyweight black champion in like ever. Mm -hmm. Like now, now I feel like it's legitimate. He's gone like, yeah. you guys remember uh, what Lashley lost to like Aleister Black or something at WrestleMania in the past. Like, like Lashley was a joke at WrestleMania before this. And you know, black champions in the past, like, look, Kofi, great. And I've spoken to him personally about it and thanked him for what he did as an African-American champion in the WWE. But at the same time, he wasn't a heavyweight champion of the world. He didn't look like a world beater. You know, he was the, the underdog, scrappy, small cruiserweight guy who was able yeah. to break through. He was a Rey Mysterio story. This dude is a monster champ. This dude could be your Mike Tyson, your Kamaru Usman type, you know, dominant black champion. And it could work, you know, MVP being there with him. And I am glad that they gave him the win over Drew. I know Drew, They everyone felt like he deserved some makeup moment for last year, but he got his moment. It's in the history books. It will stand the test of time. People will go back and remember it because it was this weird, awkward year. And he's going to be fondly remembered because he did the industry a favor by letting it be, you know, this off year to be his WrestleMania moment. And that's yeah. what's going to make him stand out. So and pay off for him in the long run when, you know, it's like, right, you did that for us, we'll pay you back down Yeah, when, when they induct him into the Hall of Fame, that will be why, and that will be what they talk about, and that will be a huge part of his legacies. So I hope people aren't upset that he didn't win here. Um, and it's funny to me because it, even with the crowd, I think this almost felt like a face win, even though it wasn't. People, I yeah. think, were genuinely happy um, to see that WWE, A, did something that, no one expected them to do. This was probably the most unexpected thing on the entire WrestleMania. 
People really, like all the experts thought Drew was going to go over, that it was a no-brainer. Lashley, I said it myself, that Lashley was, you know, uh, a placeholder champion and, uh, you know, and, and, and he was. Back just to lose it. Yeah. Yeah, so also, it, also like disbanding the Hurt Business. We've talked about motivations for that, but uh, it it's just, it was something that was taken from him and we're expecting the rest of it to be taken from him. And but it makes sense now because the bigger posse with him as champion doesn't make as much sense as being able to focus on him and MVP. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, we're replacing Brock Lesnar, effectively. Mm-hmm. I but mean, he always I, should have been that. I mean, Lashley. Yeah. And not as good a legit MMA guy, but a legit MMA guy also. He's, he's had real fights and won them. You know, he's been around for a long time. He's worked his way up. You know, he gasses a little bit and he sweats really awkwardly on that little pee head of his. But at the same time, the, the upside way, way, way outweighs the downside to this guy. Yeah. He yeah. looks like a fucking world beater. Yeah, so. it's it's great. That's definitely. And, but also before fans are really back at the shows, the best barometer you could get of how people are feeling about what's going on is social media. And Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business were drumming up positive excitement. Right. So it is kind of hard to call him a heel. He's a guy who is bigger and badder than everyone else and believes in it and and then proves it. Yeah. So yeah. what's the what's the hate about that? That's the that's and he is, combat it, sports. And he is a real African American champion uh heavyweight. And I say I, I say it that way specifically because Kofi was a real African-American champion just wasn't a heavyweight. The rock was a real African-American champion, except Vince thought of him as a Hawaiian, <laughs> you know, a, a Samoan. Vince did not ever see him as black, even though his father was a black wrestler, literally, yeah. you know, it, it, rock was never looked at as African-American so much as he was of that other annoying contingency. Um, so really, now when they look back on it, they actually will say that he was a black champion as but well. But that's because Kofi but, said that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Kofi was the one that came out and said it. It wasn't yeah. because of anything else. It was because Kofi was like, I, I ain't the first. Like, what y'all y'all forget about Dwayne, Rocky the Rock, Mahavia <laughs> Jr. Johnson over there? <laughs> the guy selling all his t-shirts still. <laughs> yeah. The guy on TV. You know, the guy, the guy ripping off WCW, the WCW cruiser rate, who was ripping off the 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 Rocky Maivia gimmick. Who Prince Ikea? Prince Ikea. Wasn't he supposed to be some shade on Prince Ikea? Wasn't he supposed to? Wasn't he supposed to be Hawaiian too? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of yeah. That. I mean, look when he was when he was um, Rocky Maivia or whatever. Um, the rock really was like the exact same gimmick as Prince Ikea. It was very funny. Um, anyway, it was awesome. Let's see. So what's not to talk about? Oh yeah. We already talked about this women's thing. Uh, but the one thing we will talk about that Byron and I were talking about before is, um, Billy Kay and her, her move set. She has this varied move set of oil checks. Where <laughs> she's just, I mean, she's like spreading the other women's butts in 10 different ways throughout this match. God Go back and watch her. it again. 
absolutely amazing. Why don't understand why Billy Kay isn't like the top heel woman in the business. I love her. She's great. Yeah. I also thought I, Riot I, Squad yeah, was was uh, pretty good. Like there was there was some entertaining st- things here. The worst thing about it was uh, uh, Natalia and Tamina and them winning. Mm. Riot Squad should be getting more respect. They should be getting more. Well, if you look at all these people, they were better than Dana and Mandy. They, you know. Yeah. By the way, props to Mandy for slipping and and actually being having some sort of memorable moment. Like knowing you're going to go out there for like two minutes of meandering in a ring. That doesn't matter. Good. Did Titus feel backstage when that happened? (laughs) Yeah, but nothing will be that Titus slide. No, nothing's going to beat it, but at least Titus is like, oh my God, with the rainy ramp and a WrestleMania, at least it wasn't me. That's what he's got to be thinking. Like It might not beat mine, but at least it wasn't me again. I buy into the any press is good press. Like Where it goes bad is where you are um, Yoshihashi in New Japan running for the ring, and you do the Titus slide, but you do the Titus slide into like a steel part of the ring, and you break your collarbone, give yourself a concussion, have to go back in the ring, still sell a little bit of a beatdown, and then you and then you're gone for like four months. Right, like but that's that better. is where it goes bad. No, that's better. And I'll tell you, then then this thing. Who was it? Was it Mandy or Dana that slipped? I don't even remember. Mandy. She looks so much alike now. So poor Mandy. Um, she her slip. Plastic. Her slip wasn't bad enough to be a highlight reel. It was just yeah. bad enough for people to only remember her from this WrestleMania for being the botch on the ramp. It's it is the worst level of something bad because you she's not going to get any press out of it and any press that she does get is going to be like oh yeah she's stupid it was the I feel bad for her that was like the worst kind of like she should have face planted and rolled into Dana and made it a spectacle and then that would have been better she'd have been better off for that okay, anyway take it um, Cesaro Rollins uh, good for Cesaro yeah. I didn't have any issue with this. It was the correct ending. I thought it felt good. I thought that they both put on great shows. I mean, they're they're both uh, they're both top mid card guys, in my opinion. Even though I know they think that Seth is a top top guy, I don't. I think that he's a top mid card guy, and that's what he's going to be for the rest of his career. And I think that is the same for Cesaro. And and they did the damn thing, and it was exactly what it was supposed to be. I think Seth is doing a great job of taking cool spots from the indies. Yeah, and putting them on the show, so like he's been doing the low key thing, and then I'm surprised Meef hasn't brought up that he did the bandito spot. Which well, he did he do? off the ropes. Uh, it, oh, I did the, the the suplex. Yeah, no, not the oh, suplex. No, 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 the, so you pull him up on the feet, and then he, oh, okay. and then like bandito will do it into like a roll up, but they did this into the finish into the um. Yeah. Well, scotch, Seth also. Uh, I liked how he countered uh, what's the Cesaro move, the the neutralizer or whatever. Yeah. And he countered it into a pedigree too. I mean, like he's stealing from the top and the bottom, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Something should be said for how protected the pedigree was under triple H. And then, and then, you know, when he gave it to Seth for that run, that the second Seth goes back to a different finish, that pedigree is getting kicked out in every match. Yeah. Yeah, it it's will. Um, so but then again, every woman in AEW uses the stunner as just a setup move. 
If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This I found was interesting. New Day versus AJ and Omos. Omos? Omos? Edward James Olmos. I don't know how to say this guy's name. And I hear, and the announcers all said it differently too, but whatever, which, and it's a made up name. Like, can we at least make up names that people can fucking say WWE? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, But he calls his fans Omo sapiens. So I'm fully in on this guy. That's funny. That's good. I like that too. Um, anyway, like I, I expected almost to have worse knees, but we're, we're, we've proven that this guy is actually in decent shape. I mean, he goes better than, you know, a basketball player, great Kali or some of the other guys. Um, so yeah, he, well, no, he was, um, he, yeah, he was a basketball player, I think. Um, but not like pro just like in no, college no, or whatever. Yeah. Like he was just tall enough that like he would probably just stand under the hoop and they would just pass it to him. <laughs> um, so, but he's he has wrestled a little bit before he's just basically some new guy who was an athlete that they're just grooming for this um and it's interesting i think that the the win um is interesting and it also makes aj styles a, a grand slam champion right it doesn't do that right? yeah or is it triple crown or is it both or something? I think I it's know. grand slam. Anyway. Um, and he's also a grand slam champion from TNA. If I'm not mistaken, impact, whatever. And WGP heavyweight champ, but he wasn't a triple crown champ there. He's a double triple crown champ now, I believe, which is yeah. or grand slam champ or whatever you want to call it. Which is pretty amazing. Probably the first wrestler ever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Jericho maybe would be close one of these days. But anyway, I I thought it was interesting. I like the match wasn't great or anything. uh, But again, you don't need a great match if you've got this kind of storyline to go with it. And Mm -hmm. let's face it. This is the exact same thing I was saying about Big E um, in his match. Like the New Day, they don't need any gold anymore. Like they're compelling in storylines without it. They uh, deserve all the credit in the world for holding up the entire mid card for years and years and years. When whether the mid card is dreadful or the rest of the mid card is good, the New Day has been there in some fashion, keeping WWE's mid card afloat at times. Like they deserve all the credit in the world yeah. for that. They I always mean, pop a crowd. They always pop a storyline. They always do their jobs. Their best position is um, chasing anyway. Oh, for sure. You know, Always has been. Yeah. You know, but making another big win for them be exciting to the crowd is going to be hard at this point. Like they've had their time and they kind of need to just have some comedy bits for a while and kind of stick to the mid card. Let Biggie have a solo run or whatever. And 
you know, and then bring it back when it makes some sense and we'll actually pop a crowd. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see what this almost an, uh, an AJ thing turns into. I, I, I like it. Yeah. And the fact that it makes me want to watch because I don't know what they're going to do with them. It the match fully, fully delivered. I mean, you have the whole, the guys, the work rate guys did all the work rate. All the work rate spots. <laughs> they did all of that. They had a lot of fun. And then the big guy comes in and the whole and his time. his knees I don't was, look bad. <laughs> I was skeptical. I'm like, this. I'm judging him by the way he's standing on the corner. I'm like, this guy is going to get shown up by Shaq. And he comes in and he does everything he needs to do effectively. And it's like, oh, this is like, he looked to me like the guys that they would build up and feed the Hulk Hogan back in the day, the big monsters who do what needs to be done. And they're very, very effective. And eventually when you topple them, it's a big deal. Right. But they're not doing that gimmick with them. So this will be interesting. This is new territory for WWE. I feel like. Is All he right. gonna is he gonna be like a diesel sort of heater, you think? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, his promo skills are even not half bad. So I mean, that was a difference with diesel, though. I mean, he could look menacing and then you know also grab the stick. Yeah. All right. Braun, Shane, Cage. Good dumb. I I get it. It was what it was. I'm over it. Yeah. It existed. It was a thing. Yeah, look, I like Braun. You guys know I like Braun. He's. I think he's a nice guy. I don't think yeah. that. I think this was just a, a stopover for him because what else are you going to do with somebody who obviously needs to be a top guy? You know, you give him a McMahon. That's yeah. that's that's respect for Braun. Like, yeah, he's a they top guy that they had nothing for, so they threw him a McMahon. Great. They, del- they delivered everything that you needed. Braun had his moment when he ripped the cage, probably legit. Yeah, and then Shane downgraded his bump to just doing a, a flat back on the on the mat instead of through a table outside the ring and then braun still gets to win with his own finish which puts that over and then you know whatever else it's a lot of sweating in between it was uh, a lot of sweat for everybody involved a lot a lot of sweaty sweaty mans um good stuff and then uh gotta say this you can say what you want about this match, but Bad Bunny is now the oh my god is now the best celebrity performer in ring of all time. We need to have him versus what's his face? Arrow. Um, no, the guy from NXT. Pat McAfee. Yeah. I mean, I we can, don't need can to have Pat, that, but <laughs> I don't know if Pat can work with the Luchador like he's. Got some great training, but he had to work with Adam Cole, didn't he? Like, Adam, look, it, same Adam, point. Am I crazy to say that Bad Bunny was clearly like the best thing in this match? And I, oh, like, God, no. I, I love Morrison. I don't think Priest is a bad wrestler. The Miz is a homie from Cleveland, and yet somehow this, uh, you know, Latino rapper is was he the made, high spot. Was he, exciting. He ran the ropes better than Sexy Star? Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and a Canadian destroyer in there too. I mean, I even though Morrison's say, really doing all the work on that, but I feel the like one he, thing we have to say in this was the that? fact that Morrison and Miz deserve, a, I would say, sixty percent of the credit for this match. Oh, I think Morrison might deserve more. Think yeah. about it: Bad Bunny he, doing he, a Canadian destroyer on Morrison. Yeah. 
Think about what happened with Luchasaurus. Madison sucked when he came into Lucha Underground. Yeah. And then Morrison got his hands on it. And all of a sudden, you know, Luchasaurus was a fucking thing. And it was the, purely uh, because of the time he like, look, Madison took it seriously and put in his time listening to Morrison. And clearly Bad Bunny is doing the same thing. Like Morrison yeah, can teach somebody how to wrestle. Enough. But the um the other thing that was like uh, obviously the move was really good, but there was a spot where like you know it's the tag team moves are going together and it, you can get easily lost as a performer anyway in those kind of spots. Right. And Bad Bunny was just slightly in a weird position, and you saw Morrison do move him, but in such a manner that it didn't look yeah. like he was moving him into a spot. Like right because he was in the wrong position. It was like it was a reposition, but done so well that you just couldn't. That's something yeah. he was picking up in those in either before or in that first season of Lucha where his movements, just the psychology of everything he was doing in the ring all made sense. But it's also yeah. it's also some of his Hollywood stuff too. Like if you yeah. haven't seen Boone, you know, Morrison is a credible stunt coordinator too, and teaching other people and coming up with ways to do regular stunts and spots with people who haven't done a certain motion or you know. Because for a film, yeah, you're doing certain things that you know how to do, but there's a different setting. There's a different vehicle. It's not like a ring where it's the exact same controlled environment all the time. And I think that's taught Morrison a whole lot about how you modify moves to the situation, to the people that are in it, how you make it look realistic. Yeah, Morrison's just a a, a talented, talented guy, whether you like his character or he's over or not. I mean, we all agree that he's like, you know, not being utilized in the best, but at the same time, they utilized him here perfectly because at the end of the day, it made Bad Bunny, who, if you don't like his music, whatever, I don't, but like in terms of the millions of people that he has eyes and brings to your company, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the viewership figures. It's the big, I mean, it's just replays, but you know, there's no way to debate that that match is the biggest match among non fans on the entire card. Oh, they, for sure. It, and it's the and one that hit mainstream media and the fact that he showed out. Well, I mean, yeah. look, you know, he did more. He did 10 times more than guys like Mike Tyson and other professional athletes that are really credible athletes have come in and done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he, he actually wrestled, wrestled and, and is, you know, there's guys on the NXT roster that probably don't wrestle that good. No. <laughs> But there's guys on the main roster that probably don't wrestle that good. Let's be honest. You know, like Ronda came in and she had a, you know, run with the title and she had the spot at WrestleMania before that. And I would argue that he's shown. He might be a better professional wrestler than Ronda Rousey. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but Bad Bunny might. Like, did you guys think when Bad Bunny first debuted that we'd be sitting here talking about (laughs) his WrestleMania match favorably? And he had put his ankles together when he did the spinning Hurricane Runner. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, yep. kudos, kudos to mean, the guy. He, All right. Yeah, he showed respect to the business. That's the main thing. Let's um, talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this main event. The SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair oh. versus Sasha Banks. Uh, two African-American females headlining kind of headlining uh wrestlemania jbl um <laughs> amazing to first it was, it was, yeah 
do you saw Bianca's cry? Like, you know, she the moment got to her at the very beginning of the match, didn't it? Yeah, the yeah. Moment, see, like, see, that's that's the thing. Like it, the face seal thing on that. I don't like Bianca is supposed to be heel. It's it's that was a face on face match. Also, to is me, Bianca supposed to be heel at this point? I, I thought feel like it was the last uh, Sasha because she's been calling a rookie. Uh, so. yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. switched it. I mean, I feel going to it. It this was a she was a face going to this. Look, yeah. It just it, it's it's really special. And here's the thing that we talked about. You know, I, I I was listening to a lot of other insiders and experts, and this match has been planned. This is one of the only things on WrestleMania that has been planned since October of last year. Um, and that was because this was part of Sasha's whole thing coming back. It wasn't guaranteed to her, but when she came back, she politely asked for this, um, that she wanted to go to WrestleMania, that she was going to put everything into it, that this would help keep her interested. If she could pick an opponent to go to WrestleMania with and drop the belt to and, and do a real program leading up to it. And she picked Bianca Belair and this is what came of it. WWE could have bailed off of this. They could have switched it to the Drew Lashley thing. They could have done the two-night thing with Roman and Edge and Daniel Bryan. All of these things were discussed. And at the end of the day, the fact that this match made it all the way from October to now and went off the way that it was always planned to, that in uh, in and of itself in wrestling is fucking amazing. Crazy, yeah. (laughs) Like the fact that they got this far, let two black women headline the first night of WrestleMania with a belt drop to someone who is relatively new to the business in a big WrestleMania babyface moment. Um, And the fact that these women also took it that seriously and put on one hell of a fucking match. Well, you also look at it like what what was Bianca's booking plans in general? She was one of the NXT kids who comes up, shows off, does something cool, and then they kind of then they just cool her off and let her hang out at catering. And she got dug out of that to become the champ at WrestleMania. Like that's here is the thing, man. NXT, if you are a female wrestler. The the most coveted thing in the world to you as an up-and-coming female wrestler should be the NXT title. Look at what's going on here. You've got Bianca Belair coming up here. You've got Rhea Ripley winning the belt at WrestleMania. You've got Sasha and Bailey. Like every woman who is at the top of the game now has come through NXT, and most of them have come through that NXT women's title. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? At some point in time, like that is how you become a top female star, period. End of story. Because the women that have done it, the part of the reason why Bianca did so well is because all the other girls in the back respected what she did at NXT and they watch it and they know and they understand. Now, mm-hmm. the yeah. bad news is, from what I understand, the women up on the main card right now are looking at the NXT women's roster not very favorably that the women that are coming through aren't ready for the prime time yet and aren't doing what other people have done there uh, in recent memory, like Asuka and Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley and all these other people. So girls in the locker room down at NXT, get your shit together. Cause you yeah. could be on top of the world. If you do this shit, right. 
I mean, okay, so like who are who are the top? So you have Candace who's there kind of as Ugh. like the Chris Chris Hero of the division. She's a veteran, but she's, she's working Gargano, but and, and putting people, but she's there to kind of like guide and coach and she's put there, people yeah, over. She's, you know? she's there to be the, the veteran stateswoman. When when just enough to be taken seriously, but yeah. And then so you have I don't know, she's with Indy Hartwell, who should not be trusted in any singles match. Um, I like Indy. <laughs> I yeah, think Indy's going to be great. She just needs time. She just she's needs not, repetition. Yeah, but she's not good now. And you she, have EO, who is who could do anything anywhere. Best but, in the world. but she is due for, I think, some time off. Yeah. You know? Uh, she, she, she'll get a mid-card main roster run. Ember went back down. Ember is awesome. Ember could kill it anywhere, but she went back down to to help fill She just gaps. needs a knockoff ring rust too. I mean, Ember, Ember is another girl that I think at the main card, they do respect her. She could yeah. be in the mix with Sasha and Bailey and she, Charlotte and all of them in a, in tomorrow. Yeah. I think the thing is, she understood where she was and went back there to basically hone herself again. Yeah. And you saw from the points. way she debuted, she needed to. But I also think yeah. she's filling a gap in NXT because of the lack of right. female talent. But here's the thing. Look at look at who could be a star, like Shotzi. Shotzi could not hang with the girls on the main card right now. I love Shotzi no, to death. I've been watching her on the indies for years. I always wanted to see her get to where she is right now. But she's in the right place in the fact that she needs a year or two at NXT yeah. to work out all the kinks. I'd like to see a year and a half from now, Shotzi get a run with the belt and see what she can do. And if she can't do it within the first three or four matches, take the belt right the fuck back off of her. Yeah, she's perfect for those uh, Royal Rumble and Battle Royal spots because her character's main main show ready. Yeah, she needs to like, she needs to get uh, crispy, as I say. She needs to crisp up. Yeah. She needs to get more focused, a little sharper on what she's doing in there, and not just be running on adrenaline and fearlessness. Yeah. Those things are great, but she needs that crispness, that acuity of senses to really mm -hmm. hone in what she does as a wrestler. I think uh, Zia Lee is one of the other talents that they are focusing on. on but TV. she's too small. She she's but, never going to go to the main roster. But another thing is that when you like, she's presented as like almost uh, Suzuki Minoru Suzuki type, you know, athlete, and has all this great production value behind her and this and that. But what's her program? She's like doing opening Casey. opening card jobber program, fighting her friends, you know. So like that, that, that's the only people there for her to fight. I mean, I like that they're putting at least some production value behind the gimmick. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think she's good. I think, but she's also like her new gimmick. I think maybe could work on the, on the, with the other talent in Raw and SmackDown, but she hasn't found it yet. She's still doing squash matches and yeah. very still well, storylines. All in all, uh, I thought night one was better than night two. Uh, I yeah. I was feeling it. I love the 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 win there, and I'm I'm also going to say kudos to WWE. You won't hear this direct statement very many places because people get weird about saying stuff like this. But kudos to WWE for even in spite of the Apollo Cruz gimmick. Um, actually taking care of the African-American performers right now. You saw wins and you have a lot of African-American champions right now and a lot of African-American presence on their programming right now. Better than AEW, better than 
Ring of Honor better than any other wrestling promotion and probably the most uh, top guy and top mid-card African-American performers that there have ever been in any wrestling promotion ever anywhere on the planet is WWE right now today. New Day, uh, Big E, Apollo Crews, uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP, Sasha and Bianca, like this shit is, yeah, but I'm just like, this shit is amazing that we're on WrestleMania too, though. And in big matches and had wins over top big guy, Vince favorite white dudes. Yeah. And you know, this w- wouldn't isn't necessarily a reaction as some people will probably put it towards for the Black Lives Matter and stuff that's happened over these, which obviously will be part of played into it. But at the same time, it was happening before that, like la- the last year was happening. You know, this stuff was beginning yeah. to happen. Now, if we could just get WWE to take care of the Latinos as they try to move into the Latin American market. Well, they take care of them, but in terms of keeping them fed, uh, but not in terms of... Yeah, but to the point where these guys are making (laughs) millions and still want to leave because they're that mistreated at this point. Like, come on, WWE, let's do better. Let's do better for our Latino brothers now. You you know, let's not change anything with the black dudes. <laughs> yeah, like, let's not take it away from the black dudes. Right. The, like, yeah, careful, those. careful. Because no one Vince Vince will be like, oh, oh, those minorities don't need it anymore. Let's give it to these ones. Whatever, yeah. man. All right. That's it for me. I gotta go. I gotta get in a car. I got 10 hours to drive right now, which means that I'll get to Denver about 10 30, 11 o'clock tonight. So anyway, thanks for joining us for our special WrestleMania recap. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Penis. <laughs>